0: Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Stephanie Hubga, the 2023 Vice President of Membership and Outreach and a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications.
0: We also have Helena Hodges, our Vice President of Finance and Operations as our producer. And for this episode, we are interviewing Charlie Safro. Welcome, Charlie.
2: Thanks, ladies. I'm excited to be here.
0: Oh, we're thrilled you're here. This is going to be a great conversation. I can already tell. And before we jump in, we're talking today about tips for virtual interviewers. And before we get into the good stuff, we'd love it if you would tell us a little bit more about you.
2: Sure. So um, I live outside of Chicago, and I am the founder and president of a third-party recruiting firm called CS Recruiting. We specialize in the logistics and supply chain industry. We've got 45 employees. Um, we work all over the country and professional permanent roles, and we are a fully remote company. So um, I pride myself a lot on culture, retaining our team members, and use a lot of my own experience to provide advice to our clients as it relates to both recruiting and retaining um, their own team members.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, that is such a f- exciting space to be in. I'm really glad you're here to talk with us today. So As I mentioned, we're talking a little bit about tips for virtual interviewers or really even interviewing. I think we'll probably talk about both sides of the coin today. We have certainly seen more and more people in that virtual interviewing space over the last couple of years. I think for a while, it felt like most interviews where they could be were face to face. And these days, there are a lot more people who are leaning into virtual interviewing, partially because of the convenience and you've got candidates from many different locations. I'm curious, if you could share a little bit about some of the differences that you've seen or experienced between face-to-face interviewing and virtual interviewing.
2: Absolutely. I think we're we're living in a different world post-pandemic. And if you would have asked me that question in you know, 2018, 2019, I probably would have had a very different response. But we're all adults at this point, and we've had to navigate how to work professionally, even maintain relationships personally virtually and, and it's work. So um I think it's become something that is we used to call it the new normal and now it just seems like the normal. And yeah. as I mentioned, I mean we are a fully virtual company. So I do all my work online. I have found it to be way more effective, way more efficient. Sure, there's pros and cons if you really want to get into it, but Um, When it comes to interviewing, you can very easily gauge if someone is going to be the right fit for your company on a virtual interview, just a bit of a different approach, some different tactics and styles, different things to look out for. But at the end of the day, I mean, we probably have made probably half of our team has been hired through a virtual interview process. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) I know we're going to get into some tips. And would you ever think that you would be giving the tip? Make sure you're fully dressed when you're at an interview (laughs) and make sure everyone around you is fully dressed when you're at an interview. So (laughs) what are some things maybe that you're like, I didn't think I'd ever have to give this tip?
2: I, I sure didn't.
1: And I will say I am I am a big fan
2: of business on top, party on the mm-hmm. bottom. So if I stood up my yes. sweatpants and my slippers today. However, I at least have <laughs> clothes on if I were to get up and grab something. And I think the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, you know, whether it was a meme or a gif or just a funny story going around, we, we saw it all. Um we actually saw this happen firsthand internally. We had a candidate who was, I think on his third interview with a company, everything was going wonderful. We thought this would be the final interview and we'd see an offer. He got onto the video interview a couple minutes early, so he just wanted to be proactive and prepared. He did not know his camera was on. So while the interviewees were watching him, he decided to take off his undershirt, put on his dress shirt, button up, basically got dressed in front of the camera. And a couple of our clients took some screenshots and they came back to us. And, you know, they ended up rejecting him just just because they felt that he didn't think it through. He didn't make a great decision. It was such an honest and innocent mistake. But you got to be careful in today's world. You've got to know when your video is on, know when your mute button is on, and be aware of your surroundings. And as much as I hate looking at myself all day, and I I know we all do – it's helpful as a check to make sure, like, what do you see as I sit here? Do you see that I'm wearing slippers? If I have to stand up and grab something from my printer, what am I going to expose? So it is really important and just very obvious. Know your surroundings and Pretty much any angle your camera can see. Um, Got to make sure you're covered. And it's the same with, you know, what you hear. Um, yes. Make sure your doors are closed. Make sure, you know, it's funny. I always panic when my dog barks, but when I'm talking to someone and their dog barks, it doesn't bother me, but it's do what you can to just make sure it goes smoothly. Yeah.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. And in fact, a couple of things that you just shared reminded me of something I saw a while back this is one of those viral clips that goes around but it had kind of a surprise ending basically there was it, it was a recording from an interview and there's a gentleman who's being interviewed by two others there was another gentleman and I believe there was a woman as well and so the interviewee had uh, his door open and his child came in and he says one second let me get up and he goes to close the door and it becomes very clear that he's wearing boxers and as he's walking Back to the camera, you see it on his face. He's just realized what no. he has done. And the interviewer says, don't worry, actually, hang on. I need to get something from the printer. And he stands up and he's wearing <laughs> boxers and he walks over. So now you kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. So I share all of that because. My question for you is, what role does compassion play in some of this? We're all going to make mistakes, whether you are interviewing or whether you are the interviewer. What advice do you have, maybe even for both sides of that, for those who are interviewing who experience something like that, as well as for those who might need to recover from that moment? Mm
2: -hmm. That is such a great question. I know the exact story you're talking about. (laughs) I bet you do. The interviewer, the way they promoted it, he was the CEO or the owner of the company. I mean, he was the last stop in the process. That's right. And I think compassion plays a huge role. And I mean, compassion, empathy in the workplace are so important. And I hope that anyone on my team who is conducting an interview can can really respect that for the interview candidate. You have to remember that this candidate is nervous, their you know, palms are probably sweating, their heart is beating. So I think one of the one thing that goes very far is just honesty, transparency. It may require you to be a little vulnerable, but maybe set the scene. You know, I really had this time blocked off on my calendar. Although my husband had to leave unexpectedly and I'm waiting for a package. So if the doorbell rings, I'm not going to get it, but I just want to apologize in advance. Nice. And or my my child is home. And if you hear them crying in the background, they're being taken care of. Um, And they, you know, they know I'm having this conversation, but I just want to warn you in advance. So being honest, maybe preparing the other party for what could come, um, because not everyone is going to be as compassionate as the individual in the story you described. <laughs> It's necessary. But I think laying it out and just being realistic. And usually what will happen is the the other person will say, oh, I'm so glad you said that because my dog is here and he's just been really crazy today, barking at everyone. So if you hear him there, you know, just be prepared. Um, So honesty. and, And that also shows that we're human. And that is so important.
1: I love that. Are there any other specific to virtual tips that you have for those who want to interview
2: yeah, I think the the biggest disadvantage for virtual interviewing, and maybe it's an advantage for some people, is the inability to really read body language and to to look at the whole person and make you know any perception, form of perception about that person. So, I think it's important to really think about your personality and how are you going to express that. Don't worry if your hands are in the camera and you're using your hands; you still need to smile. Um, something I always say is your background can, can go either way. You know, a lot of times I've got a bunch of signs in my background and people ask me, what does that say? What does it mean to you? So it sparks conversation, but then there's other times where people are like, where are you in a bathroom stall or where is
0: that? So um, just
2: paying attention to your backgrounds. And again, that might need to be a caveat at the beginning of the conversation. You know, listen, I wasn't expecting to be out of my my office today but you're catching me here and I'm just going to you know be against this wall. So I think really thinking about if this person cannot see my whole body, how else am I going to really communicate my personality and what I can bring to the table through my words, through my facial expressions, but also maybe what I'm wearing, maybe what I have in the background. You want as many conversation starters as you can get. And a lot of times that's where it comes from.
0: I think what you're sharing reminds me of one more thing. And a a big part of interviewing, whether you are the interviewer or the interviewee, it's about building connection. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering how interviewers or really even interviewees for that matter might be able to prepare themselves to build connections virtually. Because I think that can be sometimes more difficult, sometimes perceived as more difficult. And, you know, knowing that you may be sitting in front of somebody who's going to hire you, or you may be the person trying to decide if this is someone you want to work with. I mean, how would you establish that connection or well prepare yourself to establish that connection?
2: Great question and great way for someone to prepare for an interview. I think the best way to go about that is to do your research and be prepared. So have a couple nuggets that you potentially could bring up. You know, you look them up on LinkedIn, you see that you both went to the same college or you've got some people, you know, mutual connections, or you can see that they've got some hobbies and, and know that you could always use those. But virtually, I mean, I hate to say it, but the weather is is where most people go. And, you know, Christina and I went there yep. right when we hopped on this call. I could tell oh, that it's that. sunny. <laughs> it's sunny where she is. So <laughs> we're talking about that. But it is a gloomy, nasty winter day in Chicago. So even if there's nothing else to pick up on in the background if you're wearing a sweater, if you're wearing a tank top, if you've got sun shining through the windows, or if there is something more interesting. I was on a call a couple weeks ago and there was the most beautiful background, a bookshelf that, you know, it was just a a bookshelf that I envied. I'm like, I, I always want to have my knickknacks like that. And so I brought it up and I'm like, wow, that is a beautiful space you're in. And he's like, oh, this thing, this is fake. I don't even know what you're looking at. <laughs> it oh, wow. Conversation. And, and it, it was just funny because it, it, we got into this conversation about how his room is really not attractive. So he decided to start using fake backgrounds to take the concentration away from his real background. And right there, that was our conversation point. And the second call we got on, he had a different background. So then we talked about that background. So there's a lot you could do with this information. It's just about being observant and really not forcing it, but thinking, how can we connect? What do I see? What am I observing that we can talk about? And, you know, I can weave into this conversation. Now, speaking...
1: I think that makes a lot of oh, sense. Yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of backgrounds... Um- and logistics wise, are there any particular mm-hmm. tips, you know, like make sure your face is lit so they can see you. Um, don't put on like weird movie backgrounds. I don't know. Yeah. I've seen some pretty interesting things. Is there any tips like that that you give folks typically?
2: Yeah, I, I, I joke, but on a sunny day in Chicago, the way my office is set up is at 10 and two, I get a ray of sunshine in my face when I'm sitting (laughs) in my desk, and I become a silhouette and it's just like darkness, but the shadow of me. And so I try to schedule a lot of my meetings and now I don't have to worry because we're in the dead of winter. But if I am having a meeting and I'm presenting or I know that, you know, my screen presence is important, I'll either move for that meeting and make sure I'm in a place where that won't happen. Or I'll just preface that when we get on, you know, if the sun starts to shine, you might see me shifting a little or you might see my background get a little dark. So again, it's just honesty and transparency, knowing your space, You can never go wrong with a white wall behind you. So um, but but also, you know, be considerate. How is your camera pointing? What are they seeing? You don't want to show too much, but you also don't want to show not enough where you're just entirely zoomed in on someone's face. I think those are great tips
1: for anyone, right? Anyone trying to connect with others virtually. I love it.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, too. I mean, I really love the background tip. Honestly, I've worked with people who have changed their backgrounds regularly and it became this great starting (laughs) point, you know, like where is so and so dialing in from today? And, you know, it it really can help uh, almost add vulnerability into the conversation, you know, and I guess actually I'm curious too what your thoughts are about how to? I mean, I'm, I guess I'm really thinking about my my thought on connection earlier, but what space does vulnerability have in virtual um, in virtual interviewing? Is it do you find that people struggle with that a little bit more? Do you have any tips on maybe how people can incorporate that in so that someone can really get to know them and really start to form that connection?
2: I think that is something that we maybe, maybe we take advantage of when we're doing in-person interviews, there's just a lot more space for small talk. So yeah, there is, you know, I'm thinking of when we were in the office and someone would come in for an interview and they would have a seat in our lobby and someone would get them. And on the way to the conference room, can I get you a water? Can I get you a coffee? And just, Oh, how's the weather outside? Did you find our office? Okay. And you just, you leave more room for that small talk, which could lead to some connection. And when we're doing virtual interviews, I think everyone expects that you jump on and it's like down to business. Like the minute that person signs on, let's get right into it. And so I think that vulnerability is what builds connection. And so being able to ask questions or to admit something or provide one of those, you know, caveats in the beginning that my dog is here and you may hear my dog. Like, As a a leader, I would respect someone. They'd get a a check from me right away if they opened up like that and just expose themselves a little bit one so there's no surprises but two it tells me a lot about their character and their comfort level um or even if someone says I'm nervous and like when someone tells me they're nervous interviewing that to me means yeah. they care so I try and ease their nerves like this is just a conversation you know I'm not trying to trick you with any of my questions I just want to get to know you but to me that that means a lot I, I not that I want people to be nervous but I would never hold that against them of course and
0: To be totally honest, how many interviewers are out there get nervous every time they talk to a candidate, right? I think for so many of us, we also recognize that interviewing goes both Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. An interviewee wants that job, perhaps, but the interviewer wants to make sure that they understand they're coming to a great team, a great organization. And so it's really about getting to know everybody involved. And I think for a lot of interviewers, it can lead to the
2: same sweaty palms and faster heart rate that it does for those who are interviewing. Absolutely. And they've got expectations to perform and to make the right decisions and to ask all the questions that their management team is expecting answers on. So absolutely. And a lot of times this will happen. If, if a candidate says they're nervous, the interview, interviewer may say, hey, I'm nervous too. So let's yeah. just Aww. do this together. <laughs>
0: I love that with vulnerability yeah. too. Mm-hmm.
2: So important.
0: Are there any? And and oh, go I ahead. Have a- I would, no, I've got one more question because we've talked a lot about some of the, you know, kind of the almost emotional perspective of this. But there's one other space that I know I've experienced some interviews or conversations with clients and things like that where people struggle. And that's with the tech. Uh, Just, okay, we're having an interview on Zoom. And how do we, you know, are you comfortable with Zoom? And are you ready for Zoom? And so I'm curious if you have any thoughts or tips for how people might be able or how they should prepare mm -hmm. to use technology, especially, for example, if during an interview they might be asked to share an example. Of their work or something like that?
2: Be prepared. (laughs) That's my best advice. And know that no matter how prepared you are, we are dealing with technology. There may always be glitches. I was doing a live webinar last week and I was prepared. I downloaded the software in advance, I tested it, everything worked my camera, my sound the 10 minutes before I log on and my video wasn't working and it was complete panic. So I grabbed my husband's computer, started that up. And then I realized he didn't have any of my files. So I couldn't screen share. And at the end of the day, was it perfect? No. I got on. The first thing I did was apologize to the audience. We had a technical glitch and we're going to be able to do this today. Unfortunately, you're not going to see me on video, but hopefully you'll follow my words. You'll see what I'm sharing on screen. And I recovered, but I recovered by being honest and vulnerable and saying this doesn't usually happen. So I would say, you know, at a minimum, make sure whether it's office or zoom or Google Hangouts, you have it installed. Test it out with your phone. Have a yeah. you know a video call with yourself. <laughs> Make sure your lighting is good. Make sure your camera's in the right place. Make sure the sound works. So um, at least if you jump on and there are technical glitches, you can fall back and say, "I'm so sorry. I really you know planned for this, and I, I tried all this yesterday, and it worked. And I don't know what's going on today." Um, but again, it all goes back to what we're talking about. Like we are human. Yeah. Um, And if a company that was interviewing me couldn't accept that, I don't know if I would want to be part of that company. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Right.
0: Oh, without question. I think that can tell you a lot about the workplace. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So now before we close it up with the the rapid fire questions, are there any uh, final tips you want to share or maybe resources so folks can learn a little bit more about this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot out there when it comes to interviewing. My best advice as we really think about today's job market is to focus on your skills. We have seen a huge shift in the job market. Last year in 2022, it was a huge Just imbalance where there were more jobs than candidates. And now all of a sudden we have more candidates than jobs. So we're hearing a lot of companies that are taking this skills based hiring approach. And I think what's important to understand is what are skills? And you can, you know, go on Google and check it out, but hard skills and soft skills and what are the differences? Hard skills, people get very intimidated by if they, you know, look at this list and they're like, I don't, I don't know how to use Excel. And, you know, I don't, I was never professionally trained in pricing or cold calling, but it's the soft skills that companies are focusing on and everyone has soft skills, soft skills, I really had to break it down. It describes your personality. It's your character. It's your DNA. And as much as you can play that up that, you know, I am responsible and reliable. I am motivated and passionate about my work. I'm strategic and organized. So really knowing what, what you bring to the table. And if you haven't done that job before, or you don't have all the certifications and hard skills. How do you sell yourself? Like, you gotta, if you're gonna sell one thing, you should be able to sell yourself and be your own advocate. And that's about soft skills. So, review the job description. If there are skills listed, make sure you talk about those and express where you add value and how you earn those skills or how you've used those skills. Um, but don't be intimidated if you don't have the hard skills. The soft skills are just as important. And I believe that's really the future of hiring.
1: Nice. Oh, well. We've reached that point in every episode where we go into the rapid fire questions. Are you ready? All right, I, I think so. <laughs> you're like you're building this up a lot. What's what's up here? Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> just ask me like, yeah, Questions. All good. They require a simple response. We just want to get some more info out of here. Okay, sure. so here we go. What is one book that everyone must read, and why?
2: One of my favorite books is by Jay Shetty, who is an inspirational, motivational speaker. He wrote a book a couple of years ago called Think Like mm-hmm. a Monk. Um, and it doesn't sound like a title that would appeal to most people, but it's helped me so much personally and professionally. Lots of actionable advice, lots of tips, lots of anecdotes. I can't say enough about it. I refer it to a lot of people. And it's one of those books I usually listen on Audible or read on a Kindle, but this is a book that I had to have the hard copy because I I like to look at it. I like to mark it up. I've got post-its sticking out of it. So highly recommend Think Like a Monk. Even if it sounds a little woo to you, I promise
1: you, everyone can relate to it. It's an excellent book. Mm-hmm. Love awesome. it. Okay. What is one tool you can't live without? And you can you can define tool however you like.
2: I would say LinkedIn. I mean, I'm a recruiter. Yeah. Um, and so LinkedIn has just been an incredibly powerful tool for us. Um, I joined it when I first started recruiting. And it was really there to connect and find people and communicate it and has evolved to a content sharing platform. So much thought leadership, so much more you can do, even though you still can connect and communicate. It's just a wealth of knowledge. So there's not a day that goes by that I don't have a LinkedIn tab up on my computer 24 hours a day. Um, Actually a funny, funny side story. When I first started my business, I had a newborn and I would go on LinkedIn in the middle of the night and connect with people so I could stay awake while I was feeding him. And I ended up getting suspended from LinkedIn because they thought I was a bot and they said, Oh, no, there's no way that there's a person connecting with people all day and all night. You must hire a bot. So (laughs) it's me. I have a baby. What else am I supposed to be doing? But absolutely. um, Exactly. So, no, now I'd say LinkedIn is a tool every recruiter needs. And they've they've really made something in the space.
1: (laughs) That's a that's a funny story. Okay, so what is the best piece of advice you have ever been given?
2: I I was given this advice recently by a mentor that I work with, and I I wouldn't have given this advice to myself at other points in my life, but she has reminded me to give myself grace. And where that comes from is as a founder of a company, a leader of a company, I take so much responsibility and I'm very hard on myself and I need to be hard on myself because that is what drives me. And that is what's helped me get to this point in my career. But she reminds me that you know, you're not perfect. You are not superhuman. You are not a bot. Um, so give yourself grace when you make a mistake. The best you can do is apologize and learn from it. Give yourself grace when you're approaching burnout. Take time for yourself. And what that means is going to look different for every person, but. Um, That is something that's really stuck with me. And when I when I hit those points of just sheer frustration or exhaustion, that's when I take a step back and I'm like, oh, this is this is the moment where I'm supposed to give myself grace and a little bit of permission to let go. So if you're if you're ever feeling that way, just remember you're human, Mm -hmm. too.
0: I love that advice as you received it and tying it into today's conversation. I love it for those of us you know who are out there in the job search, whether you are looking for full-time work, if you're a consultant, if you are hiring and looking for a great candidate for your role, it's a human process. And I think grace is a big part of that for everybody.
2: It is so true. and And I think that's a really great point after an interview is complete, there's usually a lot of silence and you may not hear from the hiring company. My advice to anyone who's interviewing is give yourself grace. Don't replay that conversation. And I should have, I would have, I could have. Think like, it's not me, it's them. So if it takes two weeks for them to get back to you, it may have nothing to do with how you performed in the interview. It may be them figuring out their budget and their hiring plans. If they end up selecting another candidate, it may not be about you. It's about them and their needs and that other candidate. So that, that goes along with that theme of give your don't don't be so hard on yourself, um, especially when it comes to interviewing. Because I, I think that's a tendency we all have. Nice.
1: Oh yeah,
0: that is a absolutely fantastic point, and what I think a lot of us needed to hear as well. Charlie, this has been so much fun. I am so glad that you were here, that you joined us, and especially grateful for all of this amazing advice. I think there are a lot of people out there who are really excited about their next steps after today's conversation.
2: Well, it was my pleasure. So fun talking with you ladies. Yeah, we're so glad you were here.
0: And of course, many thanks to all of you in our community for listening as well. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges.
1: Are you a member of the Metro DC chapter of ATD? We have resources just for you. Go to DCATD.org and select the members only section of resources to access our digital library, member directory, and chapter documents. Love this episode?
0: Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and provide a review.